Welcome, everybody, to Pac-12 Football and Beyond for this Friday, January 24th. We're just mosling along, obviously. We've got the football season to bed, except for the Super Bowl, of course. The college season has been to bed now for over a week. Uh, and But that does not mean we don't have a lot of football to talk about on the college level. And that's what we're here to do every day, Monday through Friday. Hope you've had a chance all week uh, to listen to kind of our changes in the podcast. And for those of you that are maybe just listen to the Pac-12 podcast, uh, we want to remind you that we've changed it to where we do it five days a week, Monday through Friday. And we cover at the top of the podcast uh, the national scope. What's going on around college football nationally that's uh, the most pertinent? And we'll get to that. Uh, and then we'll go into the conference breakdown with more detailed information and analysis. And we break a different conference down each week. Monday's SEC, Tuesday's ACC, Wednesday's Big Ten, Thursday's Big 12, Friday's Pac-12. And we call it Pac-12 Beyond, SEC Football and Beyond, so on and so forth. We do cover group of five teams, um, and but we, again, cover at the top uh, everything that's going on around college football. So we want to make sure that uh, you are in tune uh, with what we are doing. And it's important, I think, with the news coming out on a daily basis uh, in the college game that you tune uh, every – we hope that and encourage and that you come join us every day because that's where you're going to get the latest. So just because this is the Pac-12 football and beyond, it doesn't mean that there's not things that are – taking place around the country, and we're going to get to that in a second, for example. And the way you get these podcasts, these five college podcasts, as well as the pro football podcast, is to go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, um, and look for Landry Football Football's Conference Call. It's where you can find all the podcasts today so you want to make sure that you take advantage of it also want to invite you to join us at landryfootball.com we can't cover everything here on these podcasts we cover a lot of things hit on the top things but we have a lot of in-depth information we take you inside the film room giving you a coaching and a scouting perspective on the pro game on the college game everything from recruiting to evaluating of the college game players, coaches, teams, um, to the NFL, uh, the draft, free agency, evaluating of the players in that league, players, coaches, and teams. We got it all covered for you, one-stop shopping football. So a lot of football kind of meshes from one to the other. A lot of you, most of you, are fans of both the pro and college game. Maybe you prefer one to the other, but uh, even if you're a college fan, you're curious about where your players are going into the NFL. And if you're an NFL fan, you want to know more about the the players that are in college that are going to be joining your favorite team going forward. So we feel it's a good mixture. It gives you a lot of information um, from a coaching and scouting perspective inside the film room. And we've got a discount that we are still running. We want you to take advantage of 50% off. Um, it's $4.99 a month. So very affordable, and it's like having uh, your own scouting department for less than a magazine subscription. So 
we encourage you to take advantage of that. This podcast uh, is brought to you by the great folks at 401k Generation. Eddie Rojas and his team um, are here to handle all of your financial inquiries, 401ks, IRAs, any questions on money management, investments, they can help you with all of that. And any other things that you might have questions about, is it the right thing for you or you're meeting your financial goals? What uh, should you be doing at a certain point in your life? Uh, What are your long-term goals? All of that they can help you with. So give them a call or a text today at 1-866-998-5879. They're licensed in all 50 states. So they can help you regardless of which state you're listening to this podcast from. So check them out today. And if you got a business that you'd like to promote, you feel like you're a good fit for us, give us a call. Uh, Go uh, contact Chris and we will um, get you in touch. TJ will be in touch with you and um, explain it to you and see where it is and see if it's something that might be a good fit for you. Uh, and us to promote your business. We're looking for that uh, that right fit. So, um, again, check us out at LandryFootball.com. Contact Chris. By the way, that's where you want to go if you got a question that you want answered, and we will uh, address it uh, right here um, at the top of the show. In fact, we've got a few that we're going to get to in a bit. Want to get to some national news. Um Briefly, Texas A&M has hired former Wake Forest linebacker coach Tyler Santucci to serve as linebacker coach for A&M's good young coach. Worked with the linebacker um, at at Texas State in 2016, then went to Notre Dame as an analyst uh, in uh, 2017. Uh, He's got a background and familiarity with with the uh, defensive coordinator, at Texas A&M, that is such a good coach. Came from Notre Dame, Mike Elko. And so uh, it's a good young guy, good young coach that understands that system. So good hire for them. Uh, some early news. Don't know if there's anything that's going to stick with it, but highly touted uh, former transferring Clemson redshirt junior quarterback Chase Price. Um, Trevor Lawrence is back up. We mentioned to you. He's going into the transfer portal. We've mentioned to you that South Florida is certainly in the mix there with Jeff Scott taking that job. Uh, but he's also um, taking a visit uh, and is speaking with Vanderbilt. So we'll see if anything develops there. A good friend, Ruffin McNeil, one of the good guys in the coaching business that I've known for years and years, uh, is linebacker coach at Oklahoma, stepping away to help take care of his ailing father. I can relate to that. Um you know, uh, when you're dealing with issues like this, it's uh, exactly what I went through when when I left um, the Titans organization to come back home to care for my uh, my father, then my mother, and led to really doing uh, stuff like this and consulting work for college programs and teams. Uh, it's a different way to do it. And so I, I completely understand and respect what Ruffin is doing. Ruffin's one of the great guys. Now, Ruffin was the head coach at East Carolina when he hired Lincoln and Lincoln returned the favor, and it's been a real positive sounding board 
for Lincoln, and certainly Ruffin's doing the right thing by him and his family. You knew this was going to happen as Miami got Derek King to enter into their go to from the transfer portal into Miami. It's only a matter of time before somebody's leaving Miami, and that somebody's Jaron Williams. It it appears um, didn't play very well. Uh, wasn't consistent during the course of the year. Struggled against uh, Louisiana Tech. Um, so, as you expected, he's moving on. couple of news uh, notes. Uh, one, um, Marlon Davidson suffered an ankle here at the Senior Bowl. So, I've been here all week. The Auburn defensive lineman is likely going to miss the game um, Saturday. We'll see with the ankle injury. And some other news. Baylor, we know that um, Dave Aranda is putting together a staff, and he's taking a couple of LSU guys with him. The latest He's brought in very highly regarded LSU analyst George Munez, who has worked very closely with Joe Brady, um, thought he would likely be promoted within the LSU program, maybe get a, a better uh, position. I do think Coach Mangum is is probably going to end up staying there at LSU in that role. We're going to see what uh, Edge got in mind as he kind of um, replaces Joe Brady. But I thought George – would be a big part of it because he had such an impact and learned so much with Joe Brady. And I think it's a great hire for Baylor. Uh, Really good guy. Um, You know, he was – his specialty was really helping Joe Burrow develop against the Blitz. Um, You have a lot of different keys to be able to pick up Blitz packages. He was the main guy that focused on that for Joe Burrow and allowed, obviously, some flexibility with uh, Brady and Inchminger to do uh, some other uh, jobs that were involved in game planning each week. Uh, Aranda also hired uh, and kept Joey McGuire on the staff at Baylor, and that was really good to be able to keep him. Um, that was a guy that was a candidate for the job. Uh, and... You know, to keep him is is a guy that's won three state championship at Cedar Hill High School. Um, it's a really good coach, knows the program, so it's a really good move um, for Dave to keep him, and hopefully that'll work out well. Alabama is expected to hire Freddie Roach to its staff. Uh, he's going to replace Brian Baker, um, who's shifting to an off the field role, um, and we'll see. Um, it's uh, he's a good coach and is uh, a former staffer there. He spent the past few years as the Ole Miss defensive line coach. Uh, a reminder for more information like this, and there are tons of them, uh, everything from draft news to all-star game news re- pertaining to the draft, transfer news, um, coaching news, um, recruiting news, um, and, and other stuff. We've got all of that in our notebooks every day so this is just some highlighted things but there are a lot more going on around the country check that out every day that in the nfl notebook to um keep in touch with all of that uh on a regular basis pardon me um we have said all week that we have put together our all conference teams uh on landryfootball.com we've got that up you can check that out and we, it's based on film grading. It's based upon um, not stats and the the way you normally hear about those things, but it's 
it's film grading work that tells you how guys graded who graded out the best. Not everybody who graded out the best, but these are just the top guys, the very top. So we've got that up. You can check that out. We've got a first, second, and third team. So you want to check that out. Just some highlights. Certainly you had some really good quarterbacks, and Hundley and Gordon and Herbert graded out well. See how they um, graded out. And certainly Zach Malks and Eno Benjamin, Joshua Kelly, some good C.J. Verdell, some really good running backs. A uh, couple of good uh, receivers that are in these all-star games graded out very high. Uh, the tight end position, the offensive line position, Oregon, three members of that offensive line. Who are the other two guys that made it? Check it out. We've got that defensively, uh, uh, some Utah flavor to it, a couple of guys in the secondary, a couple of guys on the defensive line, uh, but some smattering of some other guys. Certainly Evan Weaver made the list. I think he's one of the more underrated players in this coming draft. So the complete list is up there, first, second, and third team, all conference for the Pac-12 and every other conference. That's including all the Group of Five conference. So you want to know about the Mountain West or the MAC or Conference USA or the AAC, uh, AAC American Athletic, or you know Division One AA um, in the National uh, All American Team. We've got that up for you. Um, some news around. Uh, let's get to a couple of questions that I want to get to before we get to Sue more news around. Uh, the Pac-12, and the West Coast region. Grant asks about, and we'll talk a little bit about this on Monday in the SEC show, but I wanted to get it out there, and it's asking me about Lane Kiffin. Of course, those of you USC fans very familiar with Lane Kiffin. Um, and Grant asked about, he says, in your previous, you've, you've mentioned your opinion, Ole Miss was a, an average six to seven win a year program. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Listen, maybe I said that. I don't know. It, it depends upon, um, in general, over the past couple of years, I think that's what they were. Overall, I think Ole Miss can be a team that can win seven or eight. Now, I'm talking in the regular season. I'm not talking winning the bowl game or beyond that because you never know how that's going to play out. But when I say I'm basing it on the 12 game, so I'm saying – um, seven and five, eight and four, is doable at Ole Miss. Um, and I think eight's a really good season most years. Not saying you can't get better than that, but look, you're, you're dealing with <clears throat> in the West: Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and A and M. Those four programs in most years are going to be better. The no miss. So that's your eight and four right there. Now, if you schedule well out of conference, meaning you schedule favorable out of conference, yeah, there's your eight wins. Those are your four losses, and you you can win every other game. But what if you drop another game? What if you lose to a Mississippi State? What if you lose to a Memphis or someone out of conference that you play that's pretty good? Well, then you're seven and five. As a rule. That's what type of program you are. Um, you know, to say that every four or five years you can win nine or ten, uh, it's possible, but only if the programs in the top of the West are underachieving. So 
you know, expecting nine or ten wins every four or five years? Probably not. So I think nine is definitely doable. Again, if your schedule is favorable, you catch one of those four teams that maybe are not as good in a given year. Um, yeah, you know, winning nine. And could you win ten? Yeah. They said this has been accomplished under, under multiple head coaches over the last two, three decades. No, it, it's it's happened under um, Hugh Freeze. Um, it, it's 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 not been under multiple coaches, uh, Grant. It's been uh, uh, certainly David Cutcliffe did a good job, uh, but you know I don't I don't think that you know multiple having it you know a couple of times here or there again if the schedule works right. There's no question it could get to there. But I think expectations, hey, that every four or five years are going to win 10 games, nine, 10 games, probably not ideal. Can happen, yes. Um, Lane Kiffin plans to recruit more nationally than Matt Luke. That is correct. He says, do you believe this staff with more national approach to recruiting has the ability to raise the floor and the seedling of the program? I do, to a point. But I ask you. If everybody does their job correctly, do you think they're going to be better than A&M and Jimbo Fisher? I do not. you think they're going to be better than LSU? I do not. you think they're going to be better or as good as Alabama? I do not. Do you think they're going to be as good as Auburn? I do not. So you're fifth best in a seven-team division. I think that this makes Ole Miss, and I do think to some degree Mississippi State, are going to be better than they've been. I don't know that means their record's going to be any better. So here's the problem. When you start looking at your program in a bubble, in a vacuum, oh, we're going to be better. Um, you still got four programs in your own division that are better than you, and you're going to play them every year. And if you play a team – in the other side that's pretty good there's your fifth loss four loss i mean you just you're not going to have that you know to where you're able to do it consistently now could AM have bad years could auburn kind of have a collapse could lsu have a year with absolutely and that's where that's where you're not that's where your 10 wins come from when somebody else is struggling Ole Miss has never been in the SEC Conference Championship game. Mississippi State has, but that's only because Alabama, LSU, Auburn were all struggling at the same time. A&M wasn't even in the league back then. So it can happen, but not without some help. You know, you ask, can they put together, you know, top 15 classes in the country? Yeah, they could have a top 15 recruiting class. Hugh Freeze had a number one ranked recruiting class one year. And he beat Alabama two years in a row. Still wasn't good enough to win the West. And probably was the best fit and even a better fit than Lane Kiffin. Unfortunately, he cost himself the job because that was a long time. The best chance for Ole Miss to have long-term success would have been under Hugh Freeze. Whatever that potential is would have been best with Hugh. Because you was more likely to stay there. Lane Kiffin is either going to maybe underachieve, 
maybe do something wrong and get fired or have success and he's going to be looking to leave for the next best job he can get. I don't know that I like this long term. I do think he does bring some interesting dynamics to recruiting that can allow them to maybe pull an upset here or there. And to me, that's what you want. If you're Ole Miss, you hope that they can take care of their business, that they can schedule favorably out of conference, uh, maybe find a way to beat one of those four teams in the West that are consistently better programs than you are. Maybe you can win one of those a year and then find a way you got but, – but you also have to beat Mississippi State every year. Are you going to do that, beat them every year, or are you going to beat Arkansas every year? I mean, you know, that that's you've got you've to do that, and you're going to have to beat the team that you're playing over in the East in the cross game. That's tough. So, no, I don't think that um, – you know, I think seven is about, you know, where you ought to be. I think eight's an outstanding year. That uh, that is definitely doable. It's not going to be something that's going to be consistent, though. Um, and Peter asked, I think I've addressed this, but for Peter, the thoughts about Zach Arnett, um, who took the job at defense coordinator job at Syracuse, and then he ended up taking the job at Mississippi State. Um, well, in a in a two-week period, um, he's left. And I know Peter, big Syracuse fans, disappointed, as am I for the Syracuse program. Look, and Peter alluded to this, it's a business. As a rule, you like it when guys move when it's an advancement in a position. A lateral move as a coordinator, sometimes it's tough. Let me say this. Zach did not take this job without getting Dino's blessing. I'm sure Dino's not happy, but he understands that a chance to go to Mississippi State, a um, little bit more higher profile job, more money, um, is something he wanted to do, and timing sucks. It really does. There's no other way to put it. But basically what it is. So um, – that's that. All right, let's get into look around the conference. Um, some discussions, obviously, we're spending some time with Jordan Love here at the Senior Bowl, Utah State quarterback. Um, note that uh, he was one of the players that were arrested and charged with marijuana possession in mid-December following a complaint at an off-campus housing complex. Um, he's, he's certainly going to have to answer – the, about the incident, but and I don't think it's going to be something that's going to affect him negatively. The citation uh, for marijuana possession has been dismissed, but again, it's something he's going to have to address. He's had a decent week. Um, he certainly got to improve from a consistency standpoint, but he's a good quarterback with some talent, and he's going to go higher than people think that position is elevated. Um, over the past week, you know by now Austin Jackson has declared for the draft. The big tackle out of USC is really a good-looking player and I think is going to go pretty high. Some all-star game updates and a complete evaluation of each and every player at the Senior Bowl as I've been here. We've got scouting reports on everyone that have participated in practice. 
some guys that couldn't because of injuries and whatnot. Uh, but we've got it broken down. You can check that out over at LandryFootball.com. Everybody uh, around the country, small school guys that you really want to know about. But just hit some high marks. Justin Herbert's done a really good job. He had a good practice again today on Thursday. And um, probably was his worst day, you know, and it was good all day. See, he, he can drop the ball accurately. He's done a really good job. I, I think he's helped himself. Uh, I think he's going to go very high. I think he's too talented, and I think he's got intangibles. Um, I think he's got a lot of growth potential. So I'm excited about him. I think he's certainly uh, he's got a, a lot of ability to develop. Um, Steven Montez of Colorado's been up and down. Um, he's woefully inaccurate at times. That's going to really hurt him. Um, he's got some ability – uh, to extend and throw in the move and good arm, but he's just not real accurate. Uh, his teammate, Devion Taylor, um, didn't have a great deal on Thursday, but overall had a pretty good week. Um, he did a pretty good job in coverage. Uh, not great getting to his landmarks, but he's good playing on the ball. He's got decent range. I thought he's had a, a solid week. Uh, Michael Pittman of USC didn't take part in Thursday's practice due to a strained ligament. Um, we've had a few of those here, Keyshawn Vaughn and Marlon Davidson, uh, guys I just mentioned, um, Marlon Davidson, uh, is probably going to miss the rest of the week. So those are some of the unfortunate things, but Michael's doing a pretty good job when he was in practice. The guy that's just been phenomenal all week and think the world of him is, uh, Florida's Van Jefferson. Um, he's really done a good job, uh, and it was interesting. He's gone up against... Uh, UCLA's done a Holmes quite a bit, and they've both done a good job. Holmes won a few battles, and uh, Jefferson doesn't have great speed, but, boy, he's great as an on-the-ball receiver. And I thought Holmes did a really good job staying on top of routes and positioning himself, did a really good job. Um, Trey Adams, unfortunately, of Washington, another one of those guys that um, was not able to do anything this week due to a hamstring pull. Some transfer news. Uh, Oregon State gets officially Florida State transfer junior Treshawn Harrison. He's enrolled in school at Oregon State, 6'2", 191-pounder. Um, you know, they've obviously a little bit of a rebuild on that receiving core. Uh, he's, good, uh, he's a good player. He's going to have to sit out the 2020 season, but he's got some ability uh, to help this team. Uh, really good athlete, can run. Stanford redshirt senior uh, Andrew Prist pulls his name out of the transfer portal. It's a two-year starter, explored some options, decided to stay at Stanford. Um, it's good. Led the team with 71 tackles this past year. Good player. I'm glad he stayed there. I think it's a good move. Brock Miller, redshirt senior, announced on Sunday that he's transferred to Boise State. He spent his first four seasons of his career at NC State. He entered his name in the transfer portal in early January. Uh, he appeared in all 12 of the NC State games this year. Pretty good year. Was really so solid uh, as a tackler at 40 the total tackles, seven for loss, quarterback sack. He's going to play immediately and help this uh, Bron this Bronco team pretty early. More uh, Boise State news a little bit later. He's got one year of eligibility remaining. Air Force senior quarterback Isaiah Sanders has entered the transfer portal. He's the backup uh, to starter Donald uh, Hammond. Appeared in five games, completed five of five passes, 
It's got some ability looking for more playing time. USC got some good news about redshirt senior Daniel uh, Imadamorbe. The tight end has returned to the team. 6'3", 240, good-looking athlete. Um, uh, he was going to be focusing on his academics this summer, and he had the hip injury. Uh, you know, so he's had a little bit of a time. Um, I don't know um, if he's going to get to the six-year of eligibility, but he, I think that he's a good candidate, and he's been attending team meetings here this winter, taking part of the off-season conditioning program. So good there for him and for the Trojans to get him back if that uh, plays out and he can stay healthy. Uh, USC redshirt junior defensive tackle Jay Tufeli has announced that he's going to return to campus in 2020. 305, good, strong, heavy-handed defensive tackle. Uh, I, one of the better uh, players in the Pac-12 uh, this year. I thought he did an outstanding job. Had him graded pretty high. Um, so excited that uh, he was able to um, to uh, to decided to return. I thought he was one of the best defensive tackles in the conference this year. Um, certainly, Foku uh, graded out well, uh, but I had him on that first team all Pac-12 list that I was telling you about. And Tyler Vaughn's uh, USC senior wide receiver is returning for school as well. Of course, they're going to be without Michael Pittman. Um, Vaughn's is 6'2", 190. He's going to join uh, Omar Ross St. Brown to form a really good receiving court again. Um, 74 catches, 912 yards, six touchdowns in 12 games. Really uh, good performer for them. And coaching news, Graham Harrell. Um, good news keeping him. Looks like things have settled. Finally got their coordinators. Graham will still be there, as thought he might go to the Eagles for a while. And then they were able to get Todd Orlando. Um, and I think this was a good move for them, all things considered. Um, Todd got let go by Texas, got hired by Texas Tech at linebacker coach. Matt Wells hired him. So, it's another one of those quick jumps, but it's a jump now from linebacker to defensive coordinator. So, um, look, he's a he's a good defensive coordinator with a lot of background, a good recruiter. I think is an upgrade from Clancy Pendergrass, but it's an adjustment. I'm glad at least that they were able to keep Graham Harrell for another year. I think that stability is going to help them. This is I don't know that I've seen anybody go into a season with less expectations that he's going to be successful amongst their fan base than Clay Helton of USC. I mean, this is like there's no hope and already – I mean, if, if he has – it's almost as if he has a good year and wins the league that USC fans are going to be bummed because they're ready to get him out of there. It's it's that bad. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see how this plays out, these changes – of course, have been significant um, this offseason, making changes on the staff, and we'll see how this plays out. By now, you know that Hawaii has hired Arizona State, former Arizona State head coach Todd Graham. Um, they, Robert and I, the Virginia offense coordinator, was heavily involved in that. I'm not sure if he took his name out because Todd Graham became more of a factor in Hawaii wanted to, you know, like the fact that he had been a successful coach in his background and wanted the job after sitting out, or if they turned to Todd after Robert, one of their own, um, 
went to high school in Honolulu, backed out of it. So, I, in either case, Todd Graham gets the job there. Former USC Trojan Kanishi Udizi, who served as a defensive analyst over at LSU, congrats to him as he gets the Vanderbilt linebacker coaching job. Washington State um, is bringing in Wyoming defensive coordinator Jack Dickert. Dickert did, um, he is a good young coach. Uh, it's going to be his first coordinator job at the P5 level. Uh, former Washington and Oregon co-offensive coordinator Matt Lubick, Sonny Lubick's son of Colorado State fame, is joining Nebraska staff as they let go Troy Walters. Um, is our offensive coordinator. Matt Lubick, good hire for Scott Frost. They need to get things back on track. Nevada has hired former Syracuse defensive coordinator and linebacker coach Brian Ward. Um, he's, uh, you know, was connected with the uh, Dino Babers for some time, but they let him go uh, when their defense kind of fell apart this year. Nevada has uh, brought him on board. Some recruiting news, Arizona gets a verbal commitment from a 2020 tackle, Leif Magnuson, 6'4", 270. Got an offensive line visit from uh, offensive line coach Kyle Devan early in the week. Uh, was offered by the program. He's committed. Uh, so signing day under two weeks away. He's from Ontario, Canada. Three-star kid, Washington State, Boston College, Indiana, were the other schools that were interested in him. Uh, Colorado State gets a verbal from a three-star offensive lineman, Dirk Nelson. They flipped him from UNLV. Um, Steve Adazio uh, was able to convince him. He went in and made a visit to the Visalia, California. Kids got really good toughness, Um, 6'2", physical, nasty, interior guard-center combination. So he's, uh, he's, he's a top 150 player in the state of California for the 2020 cycle. So it's a really good get for Colorado State to go in and get a guy away from the uh, G5-level California schools and UNLV. Uh, Oregon received a verbal from four-star guard Josh Simmons for the 2021 class. Uh, They are really recruiting well. Oregon is recruiting the best in the Pac-12, which is, again, another story of why is that not USC? Uh, that is the issue with Clay Helton most of all. But let's give um, Mario Cristobal and his staff a lot of credit. Simmons is 6'5", 323. Um, this is the sixth commitment for the 2021 class. Um, San Diego kid, um, one of the top 250, 275 overall prospects. Uh, in the class. So really good get from uh, a four-star kid. They've had success, obviously, with, I thought, the best-looking offensive line in college football this past year, replacing them with a really good player. That's a big selling point as uh, a lot of those guys are going to walk across uh, um, the uh, the panel in the Vegas, um, across the water, if you will, when they get drafted by the NFL this uh, April. Oregon's four-star freshman uh, wide receiver Chris Hudson, another one of those guys that's already committed, uh, was really good at one of the All-Star games, one of the Polynesian Bowl Polynesian Bowl game. Plays a really good slot outside receivers, 5'10", 175 pounds. They need more playmakers like that. The Bellflower California native is, is a top 100 overall player in the 2020 class. Uh, he signed with Oregon in December. 
but really uh, stood out when watching the tape of that game. So wanted to pass that along. And then three-star, uh, uncommitted three-star running back uh, for the 2021 class, Stevie Rocker, um, is is really focused more on the Pac-12 schools, Washington State, Cal, Arizona, have all offered. USC and UCLA have now offered as well. From Tucson, he's a top-10 prospect in the state of Arizona for the 2021 cycle. So, you know, I think it's a big one um, for Kevin Sumlin to get, but be curious to see if uh, some of these other programs make some inroads. And finally, I want to end up with the, the story about Boise State, and they're filing a lawsuit against the Mountain West Conference over the conference's intention of ending the bonus TV money plan that they agreed to. The Mountain West Conference has handed out bonus money on TV deals um, to Boise State because they are the most prominent, most recognizable program in the conference, and they're the most valuable asset, no doubt about it. Well, they went against the contract and are not going to agree to that deal anymore. Now, they have a new six-year um, $270 million TV deal with Fox and CBS. Um, then they basically uh, kind of backed away from some of the agreements. So now, as we all know, there will be lawyers. There is potentially some interest by the American Athletic Conference, which we all consider in college football the sixth best conference. Now, you can debate that they're pretty competitive with some of the ACC and maybe some of the Big 12 and Pac-12 if you think about it. But um, I don't see it as the power six. I still see them as clearly the sixth best. But, you know, Connecticut's no longer there. There is some talk, and I'm curious to see if, if they would do this, uh, if they would add Boise and even some talk about that adding Brigham Young, what that would do to that league, make it a little bit bigger, maybe even stronger. And that might be something we need to pay attention to. Um, you wonder if legal minds will look at this recent uh, issue that Boise's having with the Mountain West Conference and say um, – you know, they've breached the rules, therefore they can get out of it. That would be very difficult for the Mountain West to lose a program of this caliber. Uh, Boise is clearly the most identifiable program. I mean, San Diego State and Fresno and Hawaii and UNLV, they're trying to with new facilities, Air Force and what they can bring, Utah State, Wyoming, Colorado State's got great facilities. But I got to tell you, no one – has come close in the Mountain West of standing out like Boise has. Boise is recognizable. They're always in kind of the national conversation as one of the better programs, not in a Power Five. And, you know, they wouldn't be making a move to a Power Five league. They'd be moving to the AAC, which, again, Boise's never going to be in the Pac-12, folks. I don't know that they're really uh, someone that the Big 12 would be interested in. And I know a lot of people have floated out, well, what about BYU? What about Boise? What about Houston? What about Central Florida? 
for the Big 12. There's really no appetite for that in the Big 12 at this point to go in that direction. But the AAC trying to make and to bring a Boise and a BYU to bring a, a even more national flavor to that conference. You know, they're called the American Athletic uh, uh, Conference. Um, it might be interesting to see how that would play out uh, and what that could perhaps give them in terms of a more viable league. You've got Central Florida, South Florida. You've got a Temple program that, you know, let's remember, Temple was kicked out of the Big East and basically run, you know, basically was a pariah in the MAC. You've got a Memphis and a Houston program, SMU Navy, and as I said, Cincinnati. So you've got some good teams that you throw in potentially um, a Boise in a BYU. This this kind of, now again, you've got more of a southern, southeast, southwest, you know, with the Memphis, Houston, Tulane, SMU, Tulsa, uh, Central Florida, South Florida. Go up, you go up the Atlantic Coast, you got East Carolina, you got Temple, you go a little Midwest, you got Cincinnati. So they're kind of spread out already a little bit. Because you got Navy up there too. Now you throw in, you wonder if they could get maybe Army in there. Maybe they could get um Boise BYU. Could they what could that mean for them in terms of more national reach? Maybe getting more of a TV deal, more money. Interesting. Don't know. Um, Certainly not my expertise, but I would think that it would enhance the profile of their conference a little bit. So we'll see where that goes and follow that up here in the days, weeks, and probably months to come. Hey, that is going to do it for today. Reminder, if you got any questions, go ahead and send it to LandryFootball.com. Contact Chris. Check out our great folks at 401k Generation. Give them a call or a text at 1-866-998-5879 and sign up, will you, for this podcast, the NFL podcast. Go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call. You will get them all there every day. Check out LandryFootball.com, 50% discount. Got all the scouting report notes from the Senior Bowl. Got more recruiting information coming out as signing days in a couple of weeks. Already got up for you the class of 2021, uh, the top 100 players. You get familiar with who they are and and what they bring to the table, and we're going to be uh, keeping a close eye on that for you uh, all this uh, off season more than we have been in the past. So please check that out. Uh, today, overall at LandryFootball.com. 50% discount, so take advantage of it today. NFL free agency, the draft, recruiting, we got it all covered for you, and you want to get the most in-depth information and film room analysis, and you can only do that at LandryFootball.com. Hey, talk to you Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.